live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. It's a different world, it's a different day, but we are back on the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase. You can find me on Twitter at TrophyChase, T-F-D-R. And as always, my main man, Cody, where can they find you at? Y'all can find me over on Twitter, as always, at the Fantasy Draft Room. Check out the pod wherever you get the podcast on YouTube over at the Fantasy Draft Room as well. Check out the joint Twitter account at underscore TFDR. You know, like, subscribe, comment, all of the regular stuff. And let's get into the show for this week, man. I'm, I'm pretty pumped for this one. Yeah, we've had a lot happening. Uh, trade deadline for the NFL happened, so we've had some movement in there, and we're going to get into the evolving quarterback carousel for 2023. So obviously the biggest trade that happened uh, was CMC. Yes, it wasn't at the deadline. However, CMC to, uh, to San Francisco, can't can't skip that. What Does it boost CMC's value for you? What are you doing with CMC right now? I mean, it seems like he's still top three, top five running back in the NFL. I mean, he's still CMC. That that much doesn't change. But it is exciting to actually see him on an offense with a little bit of competency, right? Where all of his value in Carolina was just based on the fact that he was receiving back and he was proficient with his touches. In San Francisco, I think we're going to see a lot of spike week games like we did this past week where he put up 40, 50 points, depending on your league settings and uh, fantasy this week. So I think you're going to see a lot more of those type of weeks and probably even a higher floor with him compared to what he was playing with this year in Carolina. It's just a better offense. Even if it is Jimmy G, he's actually capable of distributing the ball around. The offensive scheme is great with Shanahan. And I think, like I said in one of my uh, recap episodes, whenever this first happened, the only fear with it is he's an injury-prone guy and it's an injury-prone system. Do you have that same fear? I know you're going out and trying to buy a lot of CMC here right now. I can't deny the fantasy value that CMC has. Um, yeah, man, passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, pa- uh, re- receiving touchdown. So he had, you know, the trifecta there in in you know one game without Debo, where in his first full game caught up. But yeah, man, I am worried about Shanny running him into the ground. Um, however, for fantasy, I can't like worry about injuries. Like I am going to go out and acquire him if I can. Like he's going to be a lead winner for you. So yeah, man, I, I love CMC in the situation. Can he stay healthy? Will they, will, you know, when Eli Mitchell's back, will they kind of try to ease up some of that workload in the running game? And maybe they'll have two Debo esque players so they can have, you know, six to eight carries for Debo, six to eight carries for CMC and work in the rest. Like th- there's a lot they can do, but that's the, the biggest, most fun trade that happened um, during this trade cycle. Any last things you want to touch up on CNC or should we get rolling into the actual deadline deals? No, I think we're good on that one. Just a lot of capital for a running back, man. Uh, I know it's CMC, but that's a lot of capital that Carolina got. I think it kind of works out for both sides here. Uh, if San Francisco can go on another run with Jimmy G. Totally. Yep. So let's uh, move on to the Chicago Bears. And yeah, they, they made a couple deals. They traded away Roquan Smith for a second and a fifth. And then they took that second round pick or not that second round pick. They actually gave up their second round pick. So it's going to be a top 40 pick. And they got a top three wide receiver. If you ask Chase Claypool and Chase Claypool is now wide receiver one, wide receiver two on the Chicago Bears. Like, does does that mean anything to you? Wide receiver. It doesn't matter on the Bears because their wide receivers don't matter. 
I mean, I haven't liked Chase Claypool even during his time in Pittsburgh. From the time that he started, I thought he was always just a, you know, we might throw the ball up to you four times and go run some contested catch routes. Never thought it was going to be viable for fantasy. I'm pretty sure we've seen that it really wasn't. Um, he was kind of just one of those guys in fantasy that was just kind of hanging around dead, probably at the just almost roster clogger, really. Like, I don't think you're ever wanting to start Chase Claypool. And I don't think you're ever going to really want to with the Bears system unless he takes over as the one there. I have minor intrigue. If I have him, I'm going to hold and see what, what possibilities can come. You know, if they do happen to give him some volume, maybe he can do something with it. It's just an inept offense in general where it's like, well, maybe, eh, but I'm not going out and acquiring him. It's just not something I'm looking to do. Um, yeah, that offense just sucks. <laughs> I mean, have you, have you been excited to really ever start Darnell Mooney? Like put in another guy that I don't think is as good as Darnell Mooney. And I don't, I don't ever want to start that guy either then unless they start giving Justin Fields 40 pass attempts a game, which they're not going to do because yeah. he's a good quarterback whenever he's past the line of scrimmage, not behind it. So <laughs> it's a much better NFL move than it is for fantasy. You know, yeah. the Bears getting another weapon. It's going to be a low passing volume. So nothing is going to change. So in the end, uh, pass on it for, for fantasy, but for the NFL side, like maybe it'll help out Justin Fields. I mean, yes. even even then, I still don't ever want to send a second round NFL pick for Chase Claypool yeah. either. So wild value, like wild value that they got back for him. So, yeah, man, like let's let's keep things rolling. You want to talk about Miami? Yeah, we'll get into the uh, Miami backfield, which is just the San Francisco backfield at this point. Uh, Mike McDaniel just wants to bring everybody over from that system, so. We ship out Chase Edmonds, ship him up to Denver in the Bradley Chubb deal, and then we need somebody to fill that role. So let's bring in Jeff Wilson. We've got Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. It is uh, that fantastic bringing, duo at it again. Bringing the gang all back together. <laughs> and so Jeff Wilson, I mean, I don't think his value really changes too much from what it was in San Francisco. Um, in some intrigue, you know, we still haven't seen a Raheem Mostert injury yet, which Yep. We, think do, I guess. Clock, we think the clock is ticking on it, but maybe he can actually stay healthy for once. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be, I think they're both going to split work kind of like they were already doing in that offense. And unless one guy really gets the role outside of desperation flex, you're probably not too excited. Yeah. I, yeah, I, th I like Mostert for a deep value. Like if you need a deep, you're in best ball. Great. Jeff Wilson, we thought was dead when CMC came to town. Now they traded him out. Maybe he's going to have some sort of, uh, you know, workload split with Mostert, and that's fine. Again, he's not a guy you're going to want to start week in and week out unless there is a Mostert injury. So, yeah, I'm with you. And for Chase Edmonds in, in Denver, they've already came out and said Melvin Gordon is their one. Um, it just makes I don't it know even, if I fully believe it. It just makes it even drama. more of a messy situation there. Like, yeah. He's basically going to be what they wanted Mike Boone to be. Maybe like I, th I thought when they traded for Edmonds that they were going to trade Melvin Gordon. I figured they would find a way to get him off the roster roll with Edmonds, Lat, and Boone, um, just because of all the drama that's already been surrounding Melvin Gordon. And this doesn't add to, you know, this is just adds to that. I should say. So, I, again, same same thing. Just don't want any of them. Like I. You can roster them. You can add them. You can, if you want to trade for them, knock yourself out. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving up a second because that's what's going to take to 
get yourself probably Chase Edmonds at this point. Like, I think you, I think you could get him for thirds in most spots. To be honest, maybe because I mean and he it was might already bad. It. He was already bad. I mean, it's just that's one of those, it's just one of those running backs that's going to be. If he gets the opportunity, you kind of know what you're getting, and you can spot start him. It's just true. in that group now. That's so, true. Let's get into one of the more exciting ones. We've got the Detroit Lions tight end, tight end one, TJ Fraudenson going over to the Vikings in the trade, killing two intermediate tight ends in TJ Hawkinson, who we still had a little bit of hope for, and Irv Smith as well. So we just make tight end landscape even more gross. Yeah, man. Ir- Irv Smith getting injured. I think he has a high ankle sprain, if I'm not mistaken, um, which probably sparked the interest for a trade. I just we've talked about it all the time. TJ Hawkinson being the fraud tight end one where it's like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's tight end six right behind that you know top group. And it's like, well, what has he done? He has he had that one game that he just torched and had what was it, 150 yards and two touchdowns. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, like he's back. This is what we wanted. And then it's like nothing, nothing, nothing. Maybe there's a potential for for him to have some sort of role. I mean, think about Higby being used in McVay's system. Similar offense, similar opportunity, but I, in all honesty, like he's the new right, right tackle. You know, he's the, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be helping Dalvin Cook clear some holes, and they might use him in the passing game. They will use him in the passing game, but it doesn't boost his value, in my opinion. It doesn't put him up into that top tier. It does kill Herb Smith for me. It sucks because I really had high hopes for Herb Smith. Um, I thought he would be someone that that could have been something but i think irv's contract expires at the end of the year so it's probably a long-term move for them actually getting hawkinson and yeah and that's what i was just kind of looking at here was you know with the high ankle sprain if the two stay long term i mean like they could roll out a two tight end system it's not really something that we've ever seen from this type of system before but maybe they do stick around uh but hawkinson being irv smith for the rest of the year not that exciting and if they do both come back and play together, then it's even worse. So I guess it does open up the tight end room in Detroit for Brock Wright. And you're going to have to help me out with the Mitchell. other guy, Mitchell. Yeah. I don't even know the first name, to be honest. I know I picked him up on some waivers. I'd say it was like it was just waivers. waivers. I think added him in, in waivers. But um, yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's right show, right? Has shown that he can do everything Hawk was doing on the field. Like he's looked good in that limited opportunity. Uh, I think Mitchell's snap count was super low. I think he, he was in the the teens in snap percentage for the team. So I don't know if his role is going to grow exponentially and he's going to have anything major. Um, so if I'm actually adding anybody or trying to get a dart, like if I'm if I'm making a trade, it doesn't have to involve tight end, but like if I can get Brock Wright thrown in as like that, you know, it's like, ah, yeah, I want an extra piece. I want a dart. Let me get some Brock Wright. Like, why not? Like they they do use they do use Hawkinson. He's gonna be touchdown dependent, but if you're streaming tight ends, that's what you're looking for anyway. Yeah, and Hawkinson does have one more year on his contract, where Reserve Smiths will run out at the end of the year. So perfect. Um, unlikely that the two will be playing together next year, and Irv Smith will find a new home somewhere else. Yep. Makes Let's sense. get into our last trade that's fantasy relevant for the most part. And Naeem Hines gets shipped off to Buffalo. I have receipts of calling this one a 24 hours before the trade deadline. And it's because they need an actually good pass catching back. And James Cook isn't that. 
And you might say, you know, the thought logic is, why are we trading for a running back for the guy that we just drafted high in the second round? And it's because it doesn't matter for the Buffalo Bills whenever you're on a title run. If you need the guy to play this year and play the role right now, go get him right now. Yeah, you know, the, the one and only Cody Schefter here broke the news. And uh, yeah, man, I feel the same way. Like they, Cook wasn't ready for the role that they needed. Uh, Zach Moss has not developed the way that they had hoped. Singletary is going to be Singletary, but they needed a pass catching back that they could rely on. And, and, and Singletary has gotten work out of the backfield in a pass catching role. I think he had a game with 11 targets. So Naheem Hines fits perfectly, and he's also a motion man that can move into the slot. He's just another another move guy that they can add to the formations and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see what Hines' role actually is, what his snap share is, how they utilize both of these running backs. Um, I It crushes James Cook. It crushes James Cook for this year, for sure. They're not obviously getting rid of him, and I think Naheem Hines' deal is over at the end of the year as well. So it's kind of a rental thing where they have have the production this year from Hines. But fantasy-wise, man, it's still a backfield that is going to be a split backfield. Like that's whether it was Moss, Singletary, and Cook, or now it's going to be Singletary. I don't think Cook's going to have much of a role, but Singletary and Hines, like, yeah, you want those two in a best ball league, but what are you paying? Like Hines was already going for a second and now he's in a situation that with an unsure role, yeah, they traded for him, but that doesn't mean he's going to have some prominent like fantasy relevant role. Yeah. And just uh, sorry to uh, tell everybody who did actually draft James Cook at the one Oh seven and their, you know, rookie drafts this year. Uh, Naeem Hines is signed through 2024. Woo. He doesn't have a dead cap, so he could get cut eventually, but that's fair. Uh, signed yeah, I mean, yeah, you trade chip, whatever the case may be. And and with the way Buffalo runs their offense, I mean, who knows? They, he might, they might just keep them all if it's a team-friendly deal. So do, are you excited about Buffalo at all? Does this move the needle for you on any one of these running backs? Are you out on anybody because of this? To me, it doesn't change a whole lot. It's the same situation, uh, just different pieces. Limits some upside games from Singletary where he is yeah. getting the receiving work. Uh, probably cuts him down, you know, like two receptions a game, something like that. Um, Hines, I don't think the value changes too much, but if Singletary were to go down and he steps into a larger part of that role, I don't know how much it'd be different from the role he would get in um, Indianapolis if Jonathan Taylor were to go down. We've already seen what he is. I mean, he's just a great pass catcher back, and then Deion Jackson uh, would be probably the one and, one and two back. But it does open up that role for Deion Jackson as well to be the true back up in Indianapolis. So that's another guy that gets a little, I think that's probably the guy who gets the biggest boost out of anybody here. Everybody else just goes down a little bit. Naeem Hines probably just stays flat. Yeah, I'm with you. Deion Jackson would be the one intriguing piece with JT being hurt, uh, having the ankle injuries. Um, again, it's going to be the problem of what does it cost to acquire him? And, and you don't just go out and trade for Deion Jackson. You can't just be like, oh yeah, here's a couple thirds. Like most, You can try it. But most owners are going to be on to you about what you're doing, and they know what's happening in Indy. But you can get him as a throw-in piece in a deal. He can be a, a an added, you know, option for you. So that's how I would go out and acquire him. If you can get him for a couple of thirds, great. Or have Dion be a second piece. You know, if you're giving up a second, get Dion Jackson and I don't know Jamal Williams. Like trying to to have him as an added piece. I just don't know if you can get that done either with Jamal's price. But right. 
he's just gonna be hard to acquire if you have him and you can get a second for him sell him like that's where i'm at and maybe you want to hold him to see what kind of role they let Dion have maybe they do roll him out in the slot sometimes as as Naheem Hines was so that'll be fun to see but he's the, probably the biggest beneficiary yep for sure and I think that wraps up most of the changes that we've seen from the trade deadline it was a fun trade deadline though news was just coming in most that trades in NFL history on trade deadline day and we got it and we got an early CMC one too so. Exactly. So we had the big fantasy impact too. So that was fun. And then with the trade deadline, we didn't see any quarterback movement. Um, we didn't expect it either. But there will be lots of movement this offseason. We have a cut, you know, a few incoming quarterbacks in the 23 class. We have a lot of, you know, free agent to be. So we wanted to dive into the quarterback carousel, not only for identifying, you know, what teams are going to have new quarterbacks but also to figure out what trade targets are out there that maybe like this guy's going to get a contract extension this guy's going to get a deal somewhere to be a starting quarterback so uh let's dive in right here and look at the nfl as a whole identify some of the trade targets in each of these divisions or not trade targets some of the free agent targets um and teams with quarterbacks leaving so I'm just going to run through some of the teams, if you don't mind, real quick. Go AFC East, pretty much locked and loaded. There's nothing changing there. Uh, the North, you got the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Browns are going to have Jacoby Brissett as a free agent. Texans are going to need a QB. Indy's going to need a QB. Tennessee will probably need a QB because Tannehill has that out. AFC West, truly, there, there's that potential for Derek Carr to get cut, and we'll dive into that. So the Raiders might need one. New York Giants, Daniel Jones with a free agency. Washington Commanders are going to need one. Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers up in the air. We're going to get into each of these teams here and kind of identify some good landing spots. NFC South, everyone needs a freaking quarterback <laughs> in the NFC South. And then lastly, but not least, the NFC West is pretty secure with the exception of uh, Seattle needing a quarterback with Geno Smith being a free agent. 49ers should have their quarterback and Jimmy G is going to be a free agent there. So where do you want to start on this? Should we start with the biggest name? Yeah, let's just get right into it. Lamar Jackson hasn't been re-signed yet. Just keeps going out and balling out for this team. I know it's a little bit more of a struggle this year than it has been in the past, but they refuse to give him weapons. They refuse to sign and do a contract. What are we going to – we seem like we're coming to a – we're coming to the breaking point here in Baltimore. And – Either one side's going to have to give pretty quickly. I know they're not talking during the season, but I think once the season ends, whatever it does end for the Ravens, once it does, it's going to have to go, come pretty quickly or else I don't think Lamar's coming back to Baltimore. Man, we talked a lot about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens situation. Him being his own agent, like you get him as a player gets to hear how the front office and ownership really views him. And it doesn't seem like things have progressed in a positive manner based on how Lamar has been responding and, and, and acting towards the situation. I do not think they get a deal done. I don't think Baltimore wants to pay Deshaun Watson prices. They don't want to pay Russell Wilson prices. When the Ravens have been successful, it hasn't been built around paying a quarterback. My Our theory, the theory that's been talked about, has been the match made in heaven, not even looking fantasy-wise, but the Atlanta Falcons, man. 
you know, they went in hard for Deshaun Watson. They were offering up three first round picks, almost had the deal done. The only issue was, is, you know, Watson had the control and they weren't offering the contract quite of what he wanted. Cleveland comes in, sweeps him off his feet, deal done. I don't think Atlanta strikes out. They, they Lamar, they'll be willing to give up the same package for Lamar. I think the Ravens would love three firsts and they take that and run. I feel like the Falcons would then pay a guy that doesn't have these off the field concerns and get their quarterback of the future, get a running quarterback similar to Michael Vick, someone that Arthur Smith would love to have in his system. Like, yes, it's a fantasy match made in heaven, but in real football terms, like it makes perfect sense. And the more I've talked about it and the more we talk about it and it gets brought up, like I feel like it's going to happen. Am I crazy? I think we're speaking it into existence a little bit too much. I hope so. <laughs> a little bit too much, but it's definitely a possibility. It's definitely a very real possibility. And the Atlanta one does feel like it makes perfect sense. Now, I would very much like to see Arthur Smith not there if that is the case and would hope that he is out and it's like a whole new regime that gets brought in to build the offense around Lamar Jackson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, because they already have the good O-line. They've got serviceable running backs. It could be it could be a very quick turnaround in Atlanta if they do this right. Yep. I, uh, I'm with you 100% on that, and I feel like – I would love for Arthur Smith to be gone, but if he's not, it still makes sense, and then they can get rid of him a year later if it, if it doesn't work out. Any other landing spots of the open teams that kind of stand out to you, do you think he could re-sign with Baltimore? I still think it's a very real possibility to, that he just re-signs and Baltimore stays there. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's looking bleaker and bleaker the further this kind of goes on. Um, even though I know they're not in talks right now, it just feels like – contention is growing between the two sides every time where he's running up and grabbing the poster out of the stands that says pay the man basically <laughs> and so like you know you know there's been a lot of back and forth that probably hasn't always been amicable between these two sides the other one that i would like to see kind of happen and it's another team that went all in for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes is the Carolina Panthers. Yep. David Trepper's shown he will do whatever it takes to try to get a quarterback, and he hasn't been able to land a high-profile one yet. He thought he was going to be able to. I think he was really thought he was going to be able to land Deshaun Watson until there was a couple of other teams and the contract fully guaranteed and everything like that probably took it away. And so if he can make it work, I think he would love to see an offense that kind of resembled the – old Cam Newton days when everybody was real high on the Panthers and they were in the Super Bowl back then. Yep. So I, I, I would love to see that one as well. DJ Moore would too. Um, yes, would. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think the Panthers are, would be a good fit would make sense based on, on what they tried to do this last off season. They're, they're, I think he would fit anywhere. They would make it work, but uh, new Orleans would be a fun one. That seems like they always are willing to, to be innovative with their offensive scheme. Um, I just don't know if they have the cap room to do it would be the problem for them. Seattle, maybe. But the only other dark horse I would say is if Tom Brady does retire, Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be a prime landing spot. Got everything in place, basically. They can go out and make a run. I don't know if the Dolphins would be another one. They've been trying the same thing. They tried to trade Tua in the Watson sweepstakes. 
seeing him in Miami again, all pipe dream situations. I don't know what's going to happen with some of these teams in the offseason, but those would be some dark horses. That's why I feel like Atlanta, Carolina seem like the two most probable fits for him. So um, any last things that we should kind of get to you, to your favorite guy this season? Yep. No, let's get to my my boy, <laughs> my boy, Jacoby Brisket. He's been, you know, actually hitting my fantasy lineups a good amount of the time. Even in some lineup leagues, I think I'm having to – I've had to start him a couple times. He's hit my best ball leagues with guys like Derek Carr and uh, Mac on those rosters. Still hitting the lineups. Um, he's He hasn't played horribly, but he's still inconsistent, turns the ball over. And uh, to be honest, I mean, I don't see much of a future outside of another backup role for him probably next year. Um, however, I think it was um, get up sometime earlier this week – they had a conversation of, well, if he's, you know, if he's rocking and rolling, whenever Deshaun comes back, do they just roll? Do they just stick with Jacoby. And it's like, do you realize they're three and five? Like, like <laughs> come on. I can see maybe the one game, the one game versus the Texans. You kind of like hold him out, hold him back, shield him from what that national spotlight is going to be in his first game back. But no, throw him to the throw him into the fire. We need to get, we need to get Deshaun back on the field as quickly as possible. And, uh, no, Jacoby that's the, Brisket. Scene the, NFL, the NFL once they want Deshaun oh, yeah. Watson Sunday night football against the Texans. Uh, as much as it may be bad press, bad press. PR, but everyone will be watching, but yeah, no man, like it'll be, that'll be a wild first game back for him. I, Jacoby's going to find another job. He's, he's played and you know, really well, like hats off to him for what he has put together uh, with with that team this season. Yeah, they're three and five, but he's keeping them where they need to be in order for that team to be competitive when Watson comes back and make a run for the playoffs. Um, he's everywhere he's been. He's found a way to start. You know, he started at some point, you know, obviously injuries come into play. He's going to be a good backup somewhere and he's going to have a job in the league next year for sure. But no one I'm getting fantasy relevant for. Yep. Probably a backup, unless the Indianapolis Colts bring him back and, you know, they try to roll him out as a starter again, because that's always fun. <laughs> and you never know. I mean, look, looking at the AFC South, you have, you know, Houston, Indy, Tennessee. We got Davis Mills in Houston. Uh, man, it's ugly. Like, I, I just I, mean, I had hope. But do you think there's a chance he gets another year? Does it seem like they're going to be quarterback bound? Um, in tennis or in the Texans with Mills. Yeah. I mean, if I have to watch that team roll out Davis Mills, Dougie Mills for another year, I might not have eyes by the end of uh, probably by like week three of 2023. Um, no, if they do that, like there's no hope. I would rather, I would rather have Jacoby brisket be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans next year. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like he's done the only like, I feel like they'll bring somebody in. They'll bring somebody in, you know, worst case scenario, if they don't draft one and then they'll look at 2024, uh, they'll just use the picks that they have right now to, to continue to build the roster where they can just trade up in 2024 for a quarterback. But yeah, man, I, I, Davis Mills isn't going anywhere as far as finding another job. I don't think he's the starter next year. Uh, we'll get into some potential guys that could be, you know, Indianapolis, this has been a fun circus that they've had since 2016. I mean, what was it? Quarterback every year? Different quarterback, 
different starting quarterback week one since 2016. So let's have some fun and relive this one. I know this one comes across Twitter every year, and it's going to come across Twitter next year because if Sam yes, Ellinger or Matt Ryan are the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts in 2023, I think the percentage chance of that is like two, yeah. maybe 2%. So year over year, 2016, Andrew Luck, week one starter. 2017, Scott Tolzian. 2018, Andrew Luck back again. The 19, Jacoby Brisket. This is why he's going to go back. This is he's going to return. Good job. 2020 was the Philip Rivers year. 2021 was the Wentz experiment. This year it's the Matt Ryan experiment. What will 23 bring? I don't know, but they somehow just seem to always have you always have hope for what it could be, and then it just falls apart. And it's it seems to be the Andrew Luck curse that was put on this franchise for them not drafting offensive linemen. Yeah, I find it a very low percentage chance that Matt Ryan is is back starting there, um, especially with what they're doing this year. Seems like they're tanking for a pick in a way, or they want to see what's on the roster. I, I feel like they're going to try and draft a quarterback this year. Whether or not they're in position, we'll find out. There are a few guys. We'll get into the 2023 rookie class um, in, in another episode or two here just to kind of give you an idea of, of who some of these quarterbacks are, who's NFL ready too. I mean, if some of these guys are going to be sitting out a year, it's going to be a real interesting quarterback carousel. I mean, we've, we've seen it in fantasy already where it's been, it's been an ugly quarterback year. So who knows what's going to happen, but I don't think Matt Ryan, do you think he's going to get another shot somewhere? Like, do you think someone's going to give Matt Ryan another chance? He's still on, he's still on books with, yeah. Still on the books with them. They they would have to do another trade, another Carson Wentz trade to another team to get him off. I think they're. I don't know if anybody in the NFL is going to do that. So I think they're just going to have to eat this one. I think he's just going to be the backup there behind whatever rookie. Be the veteran presence to help out with whoever they bring in. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, um, Indy seems like they're primed to draft someone. We'll get into some of the other candidates that might be a fit for Indy and how they do it, but looks like year eight, another starting quarterback. So uh, Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill is under contract. However, they have an out where they can cut him at the end of this year, save, I want to say it's like $19 million against the cap, and they did dra- just draft Malik Willis are in playoff contention as well. So there's also the fact that the Tennessee Titans are still relevant in the NFL where Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill might be running it out there again. What do you think? I, and I don't see it happening. I think it's played out. It's welcome. Um, it just feels, it feels like every year they're just never quite good enough to make it all the way and they're just going to need something new to try to get them over that bump whether that's going to be malik willis i mean it was not a pretty day one i was there to see that one live that was rough um everything about that game was rough but i mean throwing the ball 10 times nothing was accurate he didn't even look explosive in the running game which is what i thought we were going to see a lot of and we didn't get to see that either so i think time will tell a little bit more um hopefully we you know maybe they get to see a little bit more malik willis here over the next uh over the rest of the season if Tannehill isn't able to you know make it all the way through but i don't if they do go through this year and it's just ryan Tannehill out there 
I think they at least bring in another vet or they draft somebody in, in the 2023 draft because I don't think they're going to roll out and hope and hope that Malik Willis is the one to take them over the hump. After two weeks, they were 0-2. They lost to the Giants, which everyone was like, oh my gosh, Tennessee's awful. They lost to the Giants, but we found out the New York football Giants are a good team. And then they got waxed by the Bills. And it was like, oh my gosh, Tennessee, it's over. Vrabel going to get fired. This is awful. They're 5-2. and two. They've rattled off five straight. That division is wide open. You know, Jacksonville doesn't seem like they're going to take hold. Indy doesn't look like we thought they would, where we thought Matt Ryan would be able to come in and, and lead that team. And Houston's a bottom feeder. So it's truly their division to lose. And, and you are absolutely right where they could hit reset or they could bring in somebody. But man, if they make the playoffs again, which it seems like they will, even if they're a first-round exit, it's going to be really hard to not bring him back. Like That's the, the way I see it. I feel like the, that team will look at the, what they have. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, maybe if they add some pieces, you know. I think he's going to be back. You know, Ryan Tannehill would be a good veteran presence anywhere he goes. You know, Falcons, Panthers. He would be one of those guys that just takes a job. He would be a starter in the NFL next year, whether it's in Tennessee or somewhere else. Or or do you feel differently? You think that if he gets cut, he's going to be competing for a job like. No, I mean, I I think the only scenario that would happen. I mean, maybe the team that does sign him, if he is, uh, if he's not on Tennessee, uh, maybe they draft like a fourth, fifth round quarterback that sits behind him. And if things don't work out, they can bring in that guy during the season. Uh, but he's, de- I think he's definitely a starter week one next year and Same. should be, should be the starter for the majority of the year. The details on that contract for Ryan Tannehill next year, if they do cut him, they say they have a dead cap that they will eat of 18.8 million. And his cap hit, if he does stay on the team is 36.6. So you yeah, basically so cut your cap hit in half. Yeah, so save $18 million. Um, that is a pretty heavy cap hit for a guy like Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, it, it'll come down to how they do in the playoffs, I feel like, because they're and, not missing the playoffs, right? No, I don't think there's any way unless things just fall apart. And I think what might determine it is, you know, if it kind of is that first game, second game exit, is it because of Ryan Tannehill? Is it because they get into another shootout and he throws two picks and fumbles the ball once and it's, it's on him and kind of like, I believe that's what we saw. The story was whenever they were playing the Bengals last year, it, they just got up and they couldn't come back with just a ground and pound running game. It had to go to Ryan Tannehill and put it on his shoulders and he just wasn't good enough to do it. Um, I think if we see that scenario play out again, he could be gone. 100%. If he's that weak link, you're right. Yep cut him but he will find a job somewhere so if you have him in fantasy um i would not be too worried about him long you know i say long term but in the next year uh he should have a job somewhere take that for what it is he's still in a short-term window i feel like in the nfl but hey man with with how we've looked at we, we got after we did the math there's like potential of 17 quarterback openings and there are not 17 quality free agent or incoming players to play quarterback in the NFL. So I feel like he might have a job for another couple of years in the NFL somewhere if he wants to play. And this, this is why it's called the carousel. And 
15, I think it was 15 or 17, the total number of openings, the total number of quarterbacks that could see movement. And do you want to know why quarterback sucks this year in fantasy? Like, this is why. There should not be this is it. There, there should not be this many quarterbacks that need to be replaced in the league. But it, this is just where the talent is in the league right now. And it's kind of sad to be honest. But we got guys that aged out. We've got guys that have flopped when they've come in you know this 2021 class we'll see if some of them can hang around some of them are showing a little bit of promise coming back but not much we're we're deprived of talent in the nfl right now we've got a lot of serviceable guys that can still hold jobs it's just a matter of hey your time's ran out here go find a new team to lead to eight and eight yeah and, and you know it's gonna impact your fantasy teams i mean the i'm gonna i want to get into the afc west because this is a potential free agent because of how insane his contract is. But wow. the Las Vegas Raiders have an out after this year on Derek Carr. And if they cut him, I believe the hit was $5 million. If they keep him, they owe him like $34 million. $5.625 million on the dead cap if he's cut. $29.25 million if he stays on the roster. My goodness. Why and the Raiders are so bad. Why would you what? sign that contract? Right, you yeah, said that a... you want to be a Raider for life, but you give them an out in like <sighs> year, after year two of the contract you just signed? Like it does not make sense. And so is it that the Raiders forced him, like forced his hand into signing this because they didn't have the faith in him long term? Or what was the oversight here? Like, why is this contract set up this way? It feels like to me the that Derek Carr was showing his loyalty to the organization, um, allowing for restructures, allowing for, for for things like that where it's more team friendly. As a quarterback, as a quarterback in the league, I would not be doing that. No, I don't <laughs> think you can do that. I mean, really, even Derek Carr signing the new contract with only $30 million also kind of feels light for Derek Carr and what he's, you know, yet never elite per se, but he's shown enough for this team that, yeah, it is a, it is a team friendly deal. Yeah. Yeah. With, with what Carr is doing yeah, for fantasy wise, he's a QB too, but in the NFL, he's a damn good quarterback. And it just makes me wonder if the, the Raiders end up, I mean, they're one in five right now or one in six. Like it is ugly in Las Vegas. If they end up a, with a top five pick, will they be willing to hit the reset button? Get rid of Carr, get rid of Devontae Adams, get rid of Waller, just full on slam reset on this team because they have a competitive division with Patrick Mahomes. Herbert's been playing awful. Like, so the Chargers haven't been as good. The Broncos have looked terrible but they're still managing to find ways to win games with a really good defense and uh, uh, underperforming Russ injuries across the board on, on both of those teams as well with the chargers and Broncos. So what do they fit in and what do they, what is their plan going forward? So that will be a very interesting team to watch in the off season. And if Derek Carr wants to play football, he absolutely will have a starting job in the NFL for sure. And if they let him go and let him choose his spot, uh, that is a guy I would be super ecstatic to have. So Derek Carr is one of those guys that I'm kind of secretly keeping my eye on. Um, 
obviously if he does stay in 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 Las Vegas, they have a very good team. Or you you would think on paper they have a good team. Um, it just hasn't panned out on the field. Yeah, just only turning that roster into two wins so far this year. It's just two wins. Okay, two and five so far this year. <laughs> not not pretty. Um, and so yeah, I mean, if this continues and they're like, hey, something needs to change, it could be could be a bit of a reset there in in Las Vegas, but. I'm with you. He's going to get a job and wherever he goes, I don't have too much. I mean, I wouldn't have worry about where he goes. Would you say the good percentage chance he's still back next year, though? Would you put majority percentage chance on him being back yet? I would say 80, 20, I'd say 80, maybe 85%. Like he stays barring some craziness with that team. I feel like they're going to have a rebound this year where they, they find a way to be competitive, but, um, that's still a good chance. I mean, if he becomes a free agent, you know, Tampa would be a, a good spot. Like Detroit actually might be a, an option for him. Like he's going to choose a place where he can go and be successful. And that might be a, just a quarterback away. So putting him on the open market would be, I, I think he'd be the clear number two quarterback on the market behind Lamar Jackson. If he does get cut. Yep. I'm right there with you. Even probably over all the rookies, just because we've seen yeah. how, it normally takes these guys to develop. Yeah, win now you want Carr. So if an organization is trying to win, they're going to go after Derek Carr. Yeah, all right. Let's move from the AFC into the NFC East. Uh, one, you know, I did omit one guy from this. I'm sorry, Cooper Rush. Um, I know Stop it. there's a QB controversy. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. Dak Prescott, <laughs> he's the one who's going to be out next year, right? Um, uh, no, Cooper Cooper Rush, I mean, he's he looked serviceable during his time filling in for Dak. Um Still a backup. I don't see him landing a starting job anywhere. So let's move into the one that really matters. Uh, Daniel Jones didn't pick up his fifth fifth year option. And seems like it could have been a little bit costly. Um, He's played damn good. I thought this team was going to be one of the worst teams in football. And they've turned it around quickly with Dable. I give him coach of the year props already. And... Daniel Jones has looked looked good. I mean, he he's playing himself into another contract and a long-term contract probably at that. Yeah, Daniel Jones kind of lucked out getting that fifth-year option declined and then having the ability to be a free agent, end up on a franchise tag. Like there's there's not a lot there's not a lot of situations that could have worked out better for him. I mean, I highly doubt they franchise tag him because they do have Saquon that they need to figure out. And I feel like they want to keep that man in New York, but Daniel Jones is going to get a contract. I feel like it's going to be with the giants just because of, you know, this is, this has been the year, right? Dable comes in, everything's kind of clicking for Daniel Jones. He'll come in, but it's going to be a two year, three year deal probably high guarantees. We've talked about the Kirk cousins type deal, maybe a little bit less money than that, like three years, $80 million um, and try to get as much, you know, fully guaranteed as possible because he's, he's earned it. I mean, he's, he's played very, very well. He's no superstar talent, but he's worked well within the system. And I feel like if he does stick with New York, we could see more success from Daniel Jones in, in the future. Uh, do, Do you think he can keep this up with Dable? I mean, if it wasn't for Dable coming in, I would say no, because Daniel Jones has looked pretty 
god awful. I would not have picked up their fifth round or the fifth year option either. Yeah, I think it was good decision by the For Giants sure. to not do that. However, now it kind of comes back and bites him. But I think it was the right decision overall. And I'm, I'm kind of with you that I do think he stays, and I think they're going to try to work out both him and Saquon probably back back end load Daniel Jones's contract over those three years, and then front end load Saquon's contract to make it work all work all pretty with the cap. Um, will they be able to get it done? And also probably, you know, how he's doing this with the wide receiving core that he has is incredible. Um, so how do you do that and try to bring in and, you know, maybe a receiver to actually do some stuff better than the remains of Kenny Galladay and always hurt Sterling Shepard, unfortunately. Um, Wandell Robinson, maybe he can take the leap. But, man, it's it's good to see as much as I know I've been kind of Shit talking Daniel Jones here. I'm happy for the dude. And it's good to see yeah. one of these one of these quarterbacks actually take the jump up into serviceable territory. You know, we mentioned all these situations where quarterbacks that have terrible weapons around them, and, and Saquon is a very good weapon, one of the best in the league. Like, but we give, you know, Justin Fields, it's like, oh, well, he has, you know, terrible weapons. And, you know, uh, uh Trevor Lawrence, it's like, oh, well, his weapons, and he finally gets Christian Kirk. Like, we've made all these excuses about weapons, and it's like what the hell does Daniel Jones have that he's working with? Like even his wide receivers that he did have have been hurt. You know, Kadarius Tony's no longer on the team. Kenny Galladay, what the heck is he? But uh, Shepard is injured and out for the season. And, you know, that they, they got rid of Ingram in the offseason. Bellinger's hurt and out. But the dude is finding ways. It's not like he's out here throwing for 400 yards a game, but he's winning football games. Like he's keeping them competitive, keeping them in it. And that is what they need in this offense so he's he's doing very well uh very happy for him to to have this opportunity i do think he stays in new york um if he does happen to leave it's he's probably going to leave just to the highest bidder uh that that would be the only thing i can think of no specific landing spot comes to mind where it's like i'd love to see him go here but he's going to be a starting quarterback in the nfl and, and sneakily this is a guy that i would be acquiring in dynasty because of his rushing floor and we talked about the bad weapons and if they do improve the passing weapons around him, uh, the receiving weapons around him, man, he's, he's QB 10 on the year right now. And that's wild to say, but if you can get Daniel Jones for a back in first, maybe a couple (laughs) seconds, it feels so gross to say back in first. Right, but it's probably good value. Like he's QB ten. You might be able to get something kicked back on your end. Like you might be able to get like a second, or you might might be able to get a third kicked back in on the end on your side to get Dan, you know get Daniel Jones off someone's rostering, then get it first. Yeah, it's kind of one of those where that one shows up in your inbox, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll send Daniel Jones away for a first, and then you look at it and you're like, wait, wait, he's QB ten. Why would I send him away for a first? <laughs> and. Uh, but yeah, I mean, go go send out offers for him because yeah. he's going to be a starter next year as long as he doesn't fall off the face of the earth in the second half of the season. Yep. And he's got the rushing floor to give you top 12 QB numbers, as crazy as it sounds. Um, yeah. One place I guess I would like to maybe see him, or two, I guess, um, I like him possibly in Detroit with the weapons there if they can get yep. the offenses looked good at times. Uh, and Tampa with uh, if Brian left, which would be staying there with the weapons down there. I think those are two decent spots that I would kind of like to see Daniel Jones. If he does move, have to move on from table. 
yeah, you know, I think the Falcons would be another one uh, just with that's if Arthur Smith sticks around just because it would be a system focused thing where he could be the Ryan Tannehill of the offense where he can use his legs to his ability when he needs to, but he'll also have Pitts and, and London there. Um, those are the ones that come to mind. I, I do like the Lions, uh, as you mentioned as well. But I, I honestly think he's sticking with the Giants. And, you know, we, we always talk about like contracts matter for quarterbacks because it's like, oh, well, he's a free agent. You know, what's going to happen with him? You know, if he's he if he's a guy I'm very confident will be in the football, he'll be a starting quarterback in the NFL for at least the next two years beyond this year. So you have this year and the next two. I have no problem going out if he's going to be your QB two, hopefully QB three on your team. I feel a lot more confident that way, but getting in for a back end first and getting Daniel Jones and even a third makes me feel really good. Yep. Don't even, don't even need the third kicks back, but definitely throw yeah, it in because Daniel yeah. Jones has too much stink on him from just That's like right. the giants organization, not giving him the 50 year option. He had a lot of stink on him before coming into this year. Yep. Um, let's talk about probably the stinkiest quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Um, Man, people smell him coming to the locker room and they want to stop showing up for work, it seems like. This is just uh, – it. team after team is just – sounds awful from everybody in the organization in the locker room. I mean, Terry McLaurin coming up to Taylor Heineke and, like, thanking him for being his quarterback. I, I big old hug. Man, Carson Wentz is – I don't know what the future holds for this dude because it, it feels it, like he's still – good enough to probably land one of these jobs if 15 yeah. quarterbacks are leaving. Yeah. I and you've only got like, like three rookie QBs coming in, but it's gross. Not, not wrong at all. Like I feel like Wentz will find a job somewhere. Like it's, he's going to be, you talk about a guy that's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick in the future. Like this is that guy. Like he's going to have amazing games where you're like, man, like, out here running and throwing for 350 yards. And it's like, this is, this looks like MVP's caliber season, Carson Wentz again. And then he comes out and fumbles three times and throws two picks. And you're just like, ah, there it is. There's Yolo Wentz. But Wentz is, I don't know if Wentz is actually a free agent. I think he might have a year, but they have the out on him. I know Taylor Heineke is a free agent for sure. Taylor um, Heineke is out. Yeah. So he is gone. And the commanders are going to be in a position where they can draft a quarterback. I feel like they will. I, I, I feel like, you know, Wentz might be on the move again. Um, I don't know what his, if he is in fact a free agent. I thought he had a two year deal. He's actually but, signed through 24, but no dead cap. So he's gone. Okay. So yeah, so they can cut him. Commanders are going to find another quarterback and we can kind of look at some options there. Um, you know, as we kind of get hit some of the names that I'm thinking of that come to mind, but yeah, I feel like they're going to be in in the market for a rookie. That's that's where I think they they have the wide receiver core. They just don't seem like that offense is clicking. I feel like they need to get rid of Ron Rivera. Lots of changes need to happen. Dan Snyder's putting the team up for sale. Hallelujah, uh, <laughs> you know. So thank goodness, you know that that whole organization needs a makeover and new quarterback, new face of the the franchise will will be a huge help. I think that's where they look versus free agency. They might have to bring in somebody. Well, they will have to bring in at least yep. someone. But um, I think it's the draft that they find their next uh, quarterback of the future. And you do have Sam Howell still there, right? So it'll probably just be a yeah. rookie versus 
rookie-esque player um, <laughs> QB battle. And I think that's yeah. that's probably what they're going to be rolling out next year. And while, while you're right, I just have to clarify something that you're, you're saying, that he's basically like the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he's just the unlikable Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to stick around for a very long time because everybody loved him. We have a lot to, to get into still, but like we, we've talked about it in the Discord where there's actually rumors of Carson Wentz just not being one of those people that gets along with the locker room. And he actually talks a lot about a thing, a lot of about a lot of topics and things that make people uncomfortable and just doesn't have that likability, that that rapport, that connection, that relationship building aspect that you would expect from a leader in your clubhouse or in your locker room. So yeah, man, it's a which is interesting for Carson Wentz. So we'll see how many years he has left if that kind of stuff continues. Yeah, probably probably not very long. But again, we're QB deprived, and I think he's going to land up somewhere to at least be in some sort of a battle next year. Another guy who's kind of on the same trend, um, but just not as hated, Jared Goff is another one of those guys that could be back in Detroit next year. We thought he was going to be locked in after the first three weeks whenever we were proclaiming the Detroit Lions to be a playoff team. And then things have fallen apart on that offense. So Jared Goff, at least you're drafting somebody, I think, is this bad? Is this defense at least has looked throughout the year and then the offense at times? Uh, It's not looking good there in Detroit for his long-term future. So I think he's either – maybe traded again and moved on to another team or uh, at least, at least there's going to be a QB battle or rookie. Um, Don't think Jared Goff has the long-term stability at the very least in Detroit. We'll see where they're drafting. You know, they're, they're a one win team. So they're, they're in that they're, they're up there, right? Jared Goff is under contract for another year. I honestly, because of all of the issues they have on defense, man, as much as I hate saying it, I could really see them just rolling out Jared Goff again next year. Uh, maybe taking a second, third, fourth round quarterback, not necessarily one of the top guys. They just have so many holes to fill. And then they can suck again and look at 2024 for quarterback. That just feels like the move they would make. But I I am with you. If they're number one, number two, it's going to be really hard for them to, to pass on a CJ Stroud or a uh, – uh, Bryce Young. So we'll see. I I wouldn't put it past them though to just try and roll out Jared Goff again next year or to keep him on the team if they even if they do draft somebody as that vet presence right. to mentor somebody. So give me a that, QB that battle one. with Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Stop it. I, you never know though. I, you might be right. They might be like, you know what, Jared Goff, Taylor Heineke, let's just get him in here. We're gonna suck again for another year and let's roll it out in 24. But Jared Goff's going to be a quarterback in the NFL. There's just too many holes. He's a veteran guy that can mentor someone, be a bridge quarterback. He's going to be a constant bridge for his career. And he, he has, he can play well within structure. So that's pretty much that he's going to be around another guy who's been much more than serviceable. Uh, He's been MVP back to back. And then, uh, Far from that this year. Aaron Rodgers. Um, the weapons. It's the weapons. Yeah, sure. Um, Devontae Adams, I know, is very, very good, but everything on this team has looked god-awful. And no, Aaron Rodgers has talked about 
loving playing football, but he's also talked about being perfectly fine leaving football. And after this season, with everything that's going on, I mean, how many times are we going to say, can he get the trust from the front office to actually fix the team? I think we've been saying this for like three years. It's not going to happen. I don't know if he actually goes into these meetings and trusts them every single time. Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem like a very trusting person. So I don't think that's it. I I truthfully think he retires after this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes out and smokes a lot of ayahuasca and enjoys enjoys dancing around in the desert, you know. But at the same time, I could see him playing football for another three years. It's Thanks. just yeah. it's just how much crap does he want to put up with in Green Bay? And and I think that's what kind of amazes me is he signed the contract this this past offseason knowing what he knew about Devontae Adams leaving. Put like you said, what faith he has in the front office still at this point because it, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. They didn't give him anything besides Christian Watson, and obviously that didn't work. You know, Randall Cobb is a shell. Uh, the MVS is gone. You, you brought in Samari Toure. You brought in Romeo Dubs. You, you know, all of these rookie late round picks that you know just aren't working out and. And Watson, we all knew, had time to develop. Like Christian Watson was not going to come in day one and just tear things up like the first rounders would. So I could see it. It's definitely in the realm of possibilities where Aaron Rodgers retires. But I, I feel like we're going to see another year of, of him. I think it's going to be another dramatic offseason, and he'll be back. I've got it. I've, I'll say it's 50-50 right now that he's back. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm a little bit more seventy thirty right now. Even though they've been bad, uh, I still feel seventy thirty that he's gonna come back and play football for at least one more year. Not to hang up on him too long. Jordan loved the starter in Green Bay. If he doesn't, yes, they put a first round draft pick in him. I think they give him a chance. But this would be a perfect landing spot for a Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke, you know, bringing in Carson Wentz, like another one of these vet guys that. Like, hey, if it doesn't work out, we'll know and we'll just roll on to the next guy. So, yep. yeah. Let's get into the NFC South, though, and I'm just going to rattle off the everyone <laughs> real quickly. So, Tom Brady, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, PJ Walker, Matt Corral, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Gross. Gross. The interesting thing about this division, like we talk about Tampa, Tom Brady's a free agent at the end of the year. Tom Brady's a free agent. So whether he wants to play football or not again, that is up to him. But he also has the opportunity to leave and go anywhere else that he'd like as well. So Tom Brady's going to be a very fun name to watch this offseason. It feels like retirement, but him and Giselle are getting a divorce. Maybe, maybe Giselle knows something that we don't. Maybe Giselle's like, Hey, if you want to keep playing football, we're, we're ending this. And he's like, okay, that's fine with me. I'm going to keep playing until I'm 50. That was, that was what he said he wanted to do earlier on in his career. So maybe he tries it for another year or two, but that's about the only name. I mean, you think, you think Brady's back? I think so. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> he rolls it back one more time, rolls it back to 46. Dude, like, what's, this what's year he, just what else is he going to do? I guess he yeah. has the uh, Fox deal that he can go into as soon as he Fucking retires. Kids, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, 
in all honesty, like he, this has not been the season that he has wanted, right? Like we no. all thought the Bucks would be in contention. They borderline playoff team because of the, how awful this division is. But man, I don't think he wants to go out like this. No, after this prolific of a career, it's it would be almost kind of sad to see it end like this. I think the real the real question for me. Do you think he stays in Tampa? Because I, I think he stays in Tampa if he does roll it back. Yeah, I think when looking at all of the landing spots, you know, there's the, the one that was rumored was the Miami Dolphins. You know, prior to like him potentially getting some ownership in, in with with the Miami Dolphins and being the starting quarterback there, but with them having Tua, I don't know that that's a real realistic option. He's not going to Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. I don't see any of those happening. Um, Detroit, like he's not going. He's not going anywhere else. I think it would be Miami, maybe Vegas. Team That's up with Josh McDaniels, run it you back know, with the old friend Josh. Yeah, and, you know, having Devontae Adams, having Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, all all very good weapons and an offensive you know structure that he's familiar with. And and God, that would be we said the AFC West was going to be good this year. But God, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes and, <laughs> and Justin Herbert. Holy shit. We'll yeah, probably yeah. hype it up again. If that would happen, we would hype it up again, just like we did this year. And and hopefully it doesn't shift <laughs> again. Um, outside of those guys, do you really see any of these quarterbacks? I think Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston both have potential to be, have jobs next year. Yeah, I think Jameis Winston could have a job somewhere. It, it's, again, again going to be a – I think he'll be more Marcus Mariota, um, Mitchell Trubisky-esque where he gets like a two-year – same kind of thing that he had in New Orleans, a one, two-year deal where he's competing with somebody else, uh, maybe a late-round quarterback, veteran presence, those types of things. Andy Dalton has an opportunity to start again. You know, he's, he's show, he obviously took over for Winston. Like, Winston – isn't out because of injury. He's taken over that job. So Andy Dalton could play his way into a starting gig somewhere more. Most likely it's going to be a similar situation to this year where he's signing in a, in a toss up situation where he has a chance to start, but he's most likely the backup. Yep. I think that suits it up pretty perfectly. The only other quarterback that I would really like to see a chance or get the chance to see a chance is Matt Corral. Got yeah, this man. year taken away from him. He would have been the starter right now if he hadn't if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, it's going to be really tough because I think everybody, you know, we've already seen it, the writing on the door for this Carolina football team, that they're in full reset mode. And does somebody – are they really going to try to bring in a new coach offensive scheme to build around Matt Corral, their, you know, mid-round draft pick? It's not likely, and it kind of sucks for Matt Corral that he could – literally just see his career from before it even got started just kind of shut down for him uh, so I, I hope he gets maybe maybe he gets traded somewhere uh, to one of these rebuilding teams that with a new coach that can actually bring him in um, maybe he get, I just want to see that man get a shot because I, I do feel bad for Matt Corral yeah same I, I really liked Matt Corral he was one that I would that I actually predicted would be the first rookie quarterback to start um just because of how much that situation was in flux and how bad that team was 
going to be. I was really hoping for that to happen. And unfortunately for the injury and then now coaching change, a different regime, it, it, it really hurts him. Um, so we'll see. Most likely they're drafting a quarterback or they're going to bring in a vet. Like I could see them bringing in a Jimmy G, um, a Carson Wentz, like any any of those, uh, Ryan Tannehill, any of these guys that, that kind of circles the, the carousel, like, you know, rides the carousel. Like the, yep. one of those guys will be in in Carolina to, to kind of help out with, with an, again, a vet presence, helping out a rookie unless – they take like a CJ Stroud right at the top and let it roll. Um, Falcons, Mariota. You, I don't think he's back. No, I don't no. think. I think we're going to see some Desmond Ritter at some point this year to find out what they have in him. But I don't think either of them are the solution. No, absolutely no faith in Ritter to if he does get in there to actually hold down a starting job for long. Uh, I think he was out of the top tier guys. Uh, I think he, I had him above strong, Carson Strong uh, in this class, and <laughs> that that was it. So uh, I was not not I was not impressed with him coming out. So I don't have you know maybe he can take over the reins here. It's not the offense doesn't ask him to do too much. So maybe, but I don't see it. I think they're going to be I think they're going to be back in the same boat just kind of like the Carolina Panthers are draft a guy high or try to find, try to find one of these vet guys to stop Phil for a couple of years. I really think Atlanta is going to go all out for Lamar. I, I, I know we keep speaking it into existence, but I really feel like that's the play that they're going to go after. Um, you know, again, we'll, we'll see. Otherwise, Ryan Tannehill would be a good fit there. You know, Arthur Smith, all, all the connections are there currently. If, you know, if, if Smith gets fired, that changes everything. But I really feel like it's going to be Lamar Jackson that is at the helm in Atlanta. And I, I, I'm not going to even put anybody else there because I just feel like that is going to happen. Or CJ Stroud, Bryce. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two rookies. Actually, they're not going to be in position. They're, they're winning too many freaking games. <laughs> so... They're leading the division. That's that's the problem. So that's why I kind of feel like it's going to be a trade option uh, for them. But that yeah. is it's crazy that they are leading the division. We're saying like Marcus Mariota is going to get benched. I mean, there's a chance that he even doesn't, to be honest. Um, and he, he's actually on the roster next year. Like he signed for the two year deal. Yep. Uh, $14.5 million cap hit next year with only a $2.5 million dead cap hit, though. Uh, He's a perfect uh, Lamar no backup. Way. Man, I don't, I don't know if I want to pay Marcus Mariota fourteen point five million That's to true. be a cap to be a backup. Very um, good point. I, I'd rather just have Ritter back there. Probably, I think I'll eat two point five instead. But hey, he's probably going to lead into a division win, so maybe he does stick around. So, lastly, let's get into the NFC West here. Not much movement uh, anywhere. We. We have the Seahawks with the only for sure quarterback up in the air. Uh, San Francisco is going to have Jimmy G as a free agent and Seattle will have Geno Smith. So since Seattle is the open one, let's go there. Yep. Geno Smith has earned himself a, a contract. He's been the most efficient quarterback in the NFL this year. Where this has come from, I have no idea. 
but the dude can ball and he is playing very well with that team. Uh, I personally feel like Geno Smith's going to resign and stick with Seattle, but this is his last chance to get the bag. So I could see him taking that, that big money contract, taking top dollar, whatever some team is willing to pay him and, and jumping out. So where are you at with Geno? Yeah, I mean, they got rid of a worse quarterback in Russell Wilson and brought in a better quarterback in Geno Smith. Stop it. <laughs> but the when, slander. <laughs> hey, this year, this year it's true. Uh, where, Like you said, where this came from 32-year-old Geno to randomly put this season together out of nowhere is pretty wild. Uh, I, I think he, if Seattle pays him anywhere in the range of you know, good money. I think he's, I think he's the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks next year. Yeah. I, f- I feel like Seattle, like he might not be willing to take a discount, but he might try to get more guaranteed money and take less total money uh, to stick with Seattle because things are working. This dude is QB seven, <laughs> which speaks just to how bad quarterback has been, but he is quarterback seven. He will be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year, barring falling apart down the stretch here. But he's going to get a contract to be a starting quarterback, and I don't see why it wouldn't be Seattle with how things have been going. If you can go get yourself some Geno Smith, like I feel like he's a dude you can get for a second, seconds, second and a third, and you need a QB3 on your team or you're in a best ball league, go get Geno Smith, man. He's he's the non-rushing Daniel Jones, right? Yeah, he's even had some rushing. I mean, not and the he's same. Actually, and but. he's actually, you know, he's still higher than Daniel Jones in in, in QB positional rankings, even without the rushing. Like it is crazy. absolutely crazy. And I mean, yeah, if you tell me Geno Smith is QB seven and Russell Wilson is QB twenty. Um. Uh, never, say, never would have thought that. What, whatever multiverse parallel timeline we jumped into this year at quarterback, um, it, it's a wild one, and I'm not sure that I like it, but it's crazy enough for me man. to like it. <laughs> 2022 has been something else. Then let's touch on Jimmy G real quick here. He he's a guy that will be a starting quarterback in the NFL as well, uh, just based on availability and what what's going to be on the market. He's playing very well, and I don't see now that they have CMC. I don't see a reason why he's not going to play well down the stretch here. Uh, Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future in in San Francisco, so let's not even go there and say, oh, they're going to bring Jimmy back. Barring no, winning the Super Bowl. Even if they win the Super Bowl, Jimmy G is not coming back. He is Because, one, he's an unrestricted free agent. They cannot tag him as part of his That's- contract. They cannot do anything. So Jimmy gets the choice of what he wants to do here, which good for him for getting that in his deal um, this year. So no trade clause and and no uh, no tag abil- uh, ability. I don't know where he will go. Tampa makes sense just for the weapons and for a team that's competitive. I don't feel like he's going to want to go to a – rebuilding situation Vegas Detroit again there aren't a lot of good good teams that need quarterback they're all kind of 
up in the air. I mean, I don't think he's going to Seattle. Like if Gino left, any any fits you see that would make sense? Maybe Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers retires. Um, Tennessee was another one of mine that I've kind of seen him in, and then like any of the AFC South teams. Any AFC South? Any yeah, AFC I, South team. You know, Indy, Indy, we haven't really talked a lot about Indy and in, in a match there. Uh, you know, that might be the perfect fit. Again, run heavy, work off the play action, have good wide receivers or a good wide receiver, and we'll see what Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell are. That that would make a lot of sense. I think that would be a perfect thing for him to to not have to be the primary focus of the team. Uh, yeah, man, I, I do like that. I like Tennessee. I like Indy. I just don't know he's going to want to go to Houston. This I think I feel like this is his one of his last opportunities to get paid. So I guess maybe that's it. I could also see him being a Baltimore Raven. I was just about to ask you that one with you uh, being on the on the hype train of Lamar Jackson leaving Baltimore. Who do you see coming in to replace him? Yeah, so if if Lamar leaves or gets traded out, you know, first of all, they're going to have a ton of draft capital to build that team up, which is great for them and and what the organization likes to do. Jimmy G would make a ton of sense, a ton of sense. Ryan Tannehill would be another one, uh, a guy that can use his legs a little bit. I don't see them going into the deep end where they're trying to to get a Mariota. I don't think Tom Brady's going to be going there. That would be that would be wild. Um, yeah, just looking at some of the names and that are available, Carson Wentz. I don't feel like they would they would want to pursue that. Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, if Derek Carr is available. But but again, what it comes down to is they don't want to pay a quarterback a lot of money, right? Yep. So I feel like Jimmy G would be right in that price range where they're like, hey, we'll we'll give you some money, but we're you know. We're not forking up the dough. Does any other fits stand out to you, Winston? They're they're just in such a weird spot where they yeah. feel like they're a QB away. Like they they don't feel like they're a piece away, but they have the QB, but they don't want to pay the QB. So weird. it's a it's a weird team that I I can't I can't pinpoint exactly what they're going to do because they don't feel like they're a rookie quarterback team. No, because they've got the they've got pieces in place. It just never comes together for them. So I, I do kind of agree that they're going to try to roll out like a stopgap quarterback in one of these one of these vets. I, it, they give me a lot of the same vibes as what we've kind of seen over the last couple of years is like Indianapolis, where they just keep trying to bring these older guys in that they think are good enough to make them playoff contenders and like Super Bowl contenders, and they're just never are. And I think it's – I'm honestly scared for what the Baltimore Ravens are going to be in the next couple of years. I think they're going to do it right, man. They, they traded for Roquan. They're going to re-sign Roquan. Um, they have good pieces in place. They're just – it hasn't quite worked out. That's why I feel like the, the, the Lamar trade makes so much sense for the organization to complete the rebuild or complete the retool, as we like to use in Dynasty. So they, they would have those picks available. Bring in a guy that has been in the playoffs, has proven that he can win in the playoffs like, like Jimmy G, and and that would be the the kind of the match made in, in heaven in a way because they don't need him to chuck the rock down the field, you know, over and over again. If you just hit that big, num, you know, big guy right there, Mark Andrews, throw the ball to him. You know, find, find Duvernay over the middle, 
get him open. Like I, they just don't need a whole lot out of the quarterback position as much as Lamar gives them. It's what I don't get though, because they do because their defense True. has not been good. Like unless yeah. they just spend all of that draft, they're just. I think that's probably what they are going to do. They're just going to put all yeah. of that draft capital into the defense if they do trade him. Um, probably trade for another kind of like Roquan Smith guy as well with one of those pieces probably too. And then, and then put in the, put in the quarterback. But I mean, we've seen, we've seen Lamar be the you know hero that pulls them back into games a lot of the times. And I don't know if the defense is going to come around quick enough to have a stopgap quarterback. I mean, look what Miami did with their three first round picks in which they traded out of the Trey Lance pick, right? They ended up getting Tyreek Hill for one first. They got Bradley Chubb for another first. And then they ended up using uh, a first to trade up and get Jalen Waddle. Like that is how you can revamp and retool a team. They, they can use those picks as well to trade four pieces. I, I think that Roquan, yeah, he's a free agent at the end of the year. They'll probably re-sign him because that that is what they like to do. You know, they'll re-sign defensive players and spend yeah. money there. They just won't give the offense much, right? So, and that's how the Ravens are, man. They they build on defense. They build on having a dominant defensive side of the ball ball control and have an efficient enough offense where they don't need a lot out of the quarterback position. So I think that they can do it right. And they can be a contender uh, without Lamar. To be honest, it would just be really sad. Like I would, I wish Lamar and the organization could figure it out, but it just seems like they're so far apart and things are in such a bad spot. I'm honestly kind of excited to see Lamar not in this Greg Roman offense anymore. I've yeah. been saying that he needs to be fired from the middle of last <laughs> year whenever they, they were playing Miami and they couldn't figure out how to get out of a zero cover blitz Oh my! for gosh. the entirety of the game. So bad. And then three more teams did it to them back to back to back weeks. And they, their offense was dead. Yeah. Like how do you not have anything that you can implement in an offense that has Lamar in it? How can you not be creative enough to use Lamar to beat a cover zero blitz on 90% of plays four weeks in a row? Like that, yeah, that I, blew my mind. And from there on, I, I'm honestly, I'm kind of glad all this talk is coming out because I want to see Lamar somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, the dream scenario <clears throat> is Tennessee sucking for the rest of the, the year, magically missing the playoffs, them cutting Ryan Tannehill and, and Derrick Henry. Lamar Jackson getting traded to Atlanta, Derrick Henry signing in Atlanta and having that running back quarterback duo with Kyle Pitts and Drake London in the Falcons. Now that, that is a true pipe dream, but, uh, whoo, that would be it. That'd be it. That I would, I would watch every Falcons game, man, but Oh yeah. Yeah. Any, any other spots, any other quarterbacks you want to touch on here? Uh, you know, we're, we're getting late. Um, uh, no, I mean, we can go through the unhonorable mentions that don't deserve jobs yeah. probably at all of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Done. Drew Locke, Joe Done. Flacco, Gardner Minshew. Done. Would still love to see Gardner eventually get a role somewhere, but he's probably, you know, he is what he is. He's They're all backups. Yeah. yeah. And some of those guys I don't even want as a backup. Um, the only other dark horse one that I kind of brought up while we were looking through all of this was the Los Angeles Rams. That team seems like they're in full Super Bowl hangover mode and none of them really want to be playing football anymore. Like they they went to the mountaintop and 
there, there's nowhere else to climb. So we're just going to get off and a lot of people are just going to retire. And I think that there's a possibility with the injuries that he sustained and everything that the Los Angeles Rams just go, Hey, we're done. You know, this team got to the mountaintop and we're all just going to retire now. And Matthew Stafford goes with them. I mean, I could see Aaron Donald. He didn't want to come, come back and until they gave him the, the big bag. Um, and, and that, you know, put him in that situation where he came back, man, it's just so weird to say like Stafford is done because of how good he looked last year. He still had, you know, the turnover bug. I, I just never envisioned this product from the Rams and they don't have draft capital. You're absolutely right. You know, Cooper cup is, is up there in age, Aaron Donald up there in age, their defense is old. Their offense has, they have no offensive line. They have a running back that doesn't want to play there. Daryl Henderson's a free agent. Like it is ugly for the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't know if necessarily like everyone retires. I could see, trades galore though i could that's the only way that they can get out of this hole right like the only way they can accumulate draft capital is moving some of these pieces and i i don't know what it would take i don't know where stafford would go i don't know what the rams would do like that would be that would be a full-blown rebuild and and maybe that's where might just be what they need now because there there is no future there yeah, like no I, way I that I see him digging it out. That might be where you see a Baker Mayfield try to get a starting gig. Carson Wentz, you know, maybe Matt Ryan gets cut and he gets an opportunity to sign. It's like, all right, well, come on down and and be our our one year. I, man, like it's it's a shit show in in LA right now, and I could see them. I could see it happening, and it's just so sad. Go, go from the like you said that mountaintop to rock bottom. I, I truthfully think there's a lot of guys in there just do not care and are not put don't care enough to put in the effort that it takes to be an elite team in the NFL right now. Yeah, and that offensive line is so bad. I don't, I just don't see anything improving for him. So, uh, sucks to suck, man. Like <laughs> it really does. So, um. Just going through it, my takeaway from this whole thing is just quarterback is so bad. And like you said, we got we got guys coming in. We got guys that we're excited about in 23 and 24 coming in. But we've seen these rookie hit rates in quarterbacks, and it ain't good. Uh, it's not it's not good at all. We've Talk had about. just guys on the on the circular door just coming in and out for years now. And all of our good quarterbacks just aged out. And like the sad thing is, is we, we talked about 14 to 17 teams that are in need of quarterback or that could have a quarterback change. When we look at the 2021 class with Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, that whole class where we thought, you know, Trey Lance, like where we thought these guys are going to come in and be, you know, damn good NFL quarterbacks. There's all question marks about them and, and not like they're on their way out, but like, they haven't put necessarily their best foot forward where, hey, I have a lot of confidence in Zach Wilson or I have a lot of confidence in Justin Fields and 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 Mac Jones. And, you know, if he's getting benched for Bailey Zappi, like what's really going on there? Trey Lance has played in a total of what, four games his whole career. It's been so long since he's played football. Like 
we can see more turnover at the quarterback position in the future. And so kind of like what you said, what are our takeaways? Having an elite quarterback or having one of those top tier quarterbacks that has security is so important. It's so important. And even, even some of the guys that don't have or haven't had like the production, but have security, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson has his contract. He's not going anywhere. Like they, there's value in that, you know, again, we talked about the 21 class T law fields. Like there's risk with all of these QB twos, but at the same time, like they're going to have jobs and they're going to be guys that you need on your roster at this point. So figuring out ways to get these guys in deals, figuring out ways to get yourself into the elite tier of quarterback is, is really where it's at. And I, just me and we'll get into the 23 class in the next couple of weeks here, but I don't want to have a starting quarterback be in my fantasy lineup being a rookie. I just know I just don't want it to, to be that way. It's not that these guys are bad, but it takes time. I mean, Kenny Pickett, uh, like there's just so much bad quarterback play. So yeah, man, I, any last things? Anyone? Anything else you wanted to kind of touch on for takeaways? No, I mean, I think it, I, I'm with you that I don't want my I don't want to be drafting rookie quarterbacks to keep on my roster to try to fix my roster. I'm fine drafting the quarterbacks, but I don't want them to be on my team probably, but even by the time the season comes around, or if there's the obvious Q, QB pick trade out of that pick is typically what my strategy is. I think it's I'd rather just trade out of those picks and try to identify some of these guys that you think are going to stick around for another two, three years. The ones that we went through and said, hey, you know, they're not great, but they're going to be they're going to be here. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins is another one I didn't mention. Like he, he's got job security. He's playing very well. He's he's always been a fringe QB one um, high end QB two. You know, that's that would be a good good guy to get because you're going to have that security. Uh, and and even some of these guys we talked about, Daniel Jones, Jimmy G, G Geno Smith, like these are obviously not the sexy picks, but they're going to be starters and you will have teams where you're starting these guys. I mean, Geno Smith's QB seven. It sounds gross, but man, bottom line is the dude's playing well. He's going to be starting in fantasy teams. It's, it's gross, but it's the landscape that we got to live with. It's the, it's the landscape that we got to navigate. And exactly. Uh, I think this is actually a pretty good exercise to try to find some of these guys to target when you're coming up on your trade deadline, if your league does have one and go send out a, you know, second and a third for one of these gross guys that, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're, if you're in quarterback hell and you're trying to roll out Matt Ryan and, another guy that couldn't may not even have a job next year. You got to do something. And like we said, I don't want to be drafting the rookies. At least I, I don't want to try to be saving my team and fixing my team with the rookies because those hit rates, like we've seen with these 21 guys don't seem to be there. It's hard to come into the league right off the bat as a quarterback and succeed. You know, we've seen it with some of these special, truly special guys, but I mean, for the most part, it takes time. It takes time to, to learn the offense to, and a lot of these guys are going to awful teams. Like that's just how it works. So um, yeah, man, uh, 
trade for some of these QB2s. Try and get yourself the the cars, the Russes. You know, it, it's not going to be pretty this year, but it's it's a play for next year. And a lot of people are really down on these players right now. You know, Justin Fields until the past four weeks, people have been really down on him. But these guys are going to be starters in the NFL. These guys can see a value bump next year. I don't think it is going to be this bad all the time, but it has been a really bad year for for quarterbacks. I mean, Justin Herbert has played awful. Like he's been hurt, obviously too. So you're seeing. You're seeing it from all over, but yeah, man, this has been a fun exercise. I love looking at this because it does give me some good ideas that I want to go out and trade for. Um, and I think I'm, I'm going to go send some offers out tonight. Yeah, let's go do it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us here. Please like subscribe, follow us on Twitter. And again, we will see you on the next episode of the fantasy draft room.